Hey guys, welcome back to Self Interrupted with Kit Costello. I am Kit Costello. No, it's true. Haven't changed since last episode, baby. It's episode two of season two. It's getting meta. I'm really excited to be back once again. Season two, it's going strong. Like we're already two episodes in. I say already, bitch. We're two episodes in. It's not that serious yet. Why are we acting like I've made a dent into season two? I'm not too sure. But today we're talking about Barbie. Barbie is something that I have been excited to talk about since I watched it because this film is such a phenomenon. This film is such a moment in pop culture history. And I can't wait to rant about it. I can't wait to talk about Barbenheimer. Can't wait to talk about the story of how I watched it, when I watched it, what I saw and what I witnessed in the theater. I'm excited to talk about the marketing, the music, the collaborations, what I liked about the film, what I disliked about the film and the controversies surrounding the film. But before I do so, and before I get into the topic of today, I want to talk about what's been going on in my week. We do this every episode. If you're new to self-interrupted, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. But we talk about what's been going on in my week and girl, so much has gone on and I can't wait to catch you up. You guys, this week I got laser. Actually, yesterday I got laser. If you don't know, I get laser on my face. Laser hair removal. You know, I say laser, we're best friends. I shorten her name down. Laser, girl, she was my friend. I have eight sessions of laser and I'm currently at session. I just had my sixth session, so I have two left. And then we're getting another package. Laser used to be my friend. From session one to four, oh, we were besties. She was doing the laser. I didn't hurt too much and the hair was going away. Come session five, we had to up the laser make it more intense for me more painful and the hair wasn't moving from the session before like i hadn't seen a difference where was the impact i wasn't getting the clicks views and engagement like i was from session one to four i was screaming you have to understand a laser on my naked flesh and i'm not seeing a difference i'm gonna be screaming i'm gonna be calling corporate anyway so i then up the laser this session my sixth session the laser has been upped if you don't know when you get laser hair removal there are different like uh, i guess settings of laser for different skin types what the laser does it just like removes the pigmentation from yeah hits the pigmentation in the hair follicle which then burns the hair follicle so depending on your skin tone and your hair color the settings have to change and my settings can range from i don't know what this means but setting 20 to 35 and my technician yesterday was like okay let's jump from 22 to 30 and i was like that's not gonna happen we're not doing that and she was like okay what do you think about jumping to 26 and i was like okay i can yeah let's jump to 26 setting 26 it won't be too crazy she starts doing it she's like oh let's stop because you're coming up in burn oh okay yes sure and she was like oh it's probably best we stop because you are burning and i wouldn't want that for you you know for your job i was like oh because i'm a model you don't want to burn my face what about the poor the poor people that aren't models were you just gonna burn their face off were you just gonna give them like what freddy krueger what was gonna happen there anyway so she stops and then we have to lower the setting to like 25 which i hadn't done before but i was like oh it's fine i can do it my skin can take it we do it and i'm flinching you guys laser it hurts the rumors are true something sorry i do have to interrupt myself self-interrupted title of the podcast i really am trying to use vocabulary on this podcast because i'm tired of editing myself and saying like and okay at the end of most sentences i go okay and i don't know why i do that it needs to be studied and i also say like far too much today we're talking about like barbie no bitch we're talking about barbie anyway moving on back to what i was saying She's doing my whole face and it really does hurt. 
Bless her heart, she's saying, sorry, sorry, every time she's doing it. I'm like, you're not, you're not sorry. And it's okay. I'm paying for this service. You don't have to say you're sorry. Because you're not. If you're sorry, you, you're not sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Taylor was so real for that. Anyway. So she gets to like the upper lip area and that's where it hurts the most. You guys need to understand a laser on my upper lip, I'm screaming. The most embarrassing thing about this is the laser, it kind of goes off in like shots. So it's like shot, shot, shot. And you can just smell burning hair. It's like an elastic band is flicking onto your face is the best way I could describe it. And it doesn't necessarily hurt to the point where you're having to scream, but you are like clenching your knuckles and you're flinching every time the laser hits your face. It's, it's kind of, it is kind of embarrassing. It's very embarrassing. The laser finishes. I go into the bathroom. Bitch, I look like a head of broccoli. Like my face is like bumpy, textured, all red. It's so, it's just mortifying. But I have learned, six sessions in, I've learned to not go straight on the tube because you guys, the looks I get on the tube after laser, it's worrying. It's concerning. I'm concerned for society when I walk on the tube and the people staring, just unadulterated staring, looking directly in my face. And I'm thinking, what's going on there? Why are we doing this? Are they looking at me because they're thinking, oh my God, does she know that her face is red? Is she in pain? Why don't you ask me these questions instead of looking directly at my face. But then again, maybe I'm just overthinking that. Do you see what I'm saying? And also it's one of those situations where it's hot on the tube and my face has literally just had a naked laser on it. So it's, yeah, it's gonna be hot. Anyway, I've learned now to go and sit in a park. So after laser, I went and sat in a park and my God, I was, the children are talking about main character fantasies. There I was. It wasn't a park, it was more of a square in London. I was sitting in that little square and I was just living my life. People smoking the marijuana around me, good for them, love that. I don't love the smell of marijuana. I don't, I've gotta be honest. I don't mind the smell of cigarette. I actually really love the smell of people smoking cigarettes. I don't know what it is. It kind of recalls me back to my childhood. I'm not too sure, I wasn't, wait, hold on. I wasn't like chain smoking as a six year old. I think people just around me when I was younger were smoking, so it just reminds me of my childhood. But yeah, marijuana is something else. So I have to kind of like, you know, politely exit when I'm sitting on a bench and someone whips out a joint. I'm like, you guys, I just don't, I can't do this right now, but good for you. You have your little high moment. But yeah, I was sitting on that little bench. I was texting my friends, voice noting my friends. And then I just went home. I really enjoyed that. Getting laser was fun. But what's not fun is waking up the next day to pimples. God, you guys, it's so bad for me. No, no, actually, sorry. Skipped over a major point. A few hours after I got home, I look in the mirror and my chin's really shiny for some reason. And I was just thinking, this is bizarre. Why is my chin shiny? My chin had tripled in pissing size. I look in the mirror and it's not just my whole chin. No, no. Why would it be? It's half of my chin. And I already have somewhat of a, like a butt chin where there's like a line down the middle of my chin, which, you know, is a medical mystery. I'm a rarity, but it's now emphasized because half of my chin has a, like completely just, why? Three times the size. And I'm touching my chin now. It's only just starting to go down. And I've woken up this morning with like pimples dotted around my face, but you get that after laser, but they do go away. This is the most that I've had ever. It's just so uncomfortable. It's one of those moments where you really just have to go into hiding. Nobody physically saw me for a year after I got laser. The weather has been, in some people's eyes, bad. In my eyes, it hasn't been bad. I love the weather. 
I love it when it's raining and cloudy. Call the police. People say, oh, it's bad weather today. No, it's not. In your eyes, maybe it is, but don't put that onto me. I love sitting in, I love sitting in my bedroom with a cup of tea, looking out at the rain and the way it's pouring onto my window. It's poetic. If you don't understand that, don't call it bad weather. It's not her fault. She's just doing her job. And it actually made me think of something really randomly. In the future, if we can control the weather, what's that? What's that gonna be like? Is it gonna be every single day there's a different type of weather forecast? Or are we always gonna be sunny? I know, you're thinking, oh my gosh, Kit, what a genius, honestly, bachelor level question. Ideally, I guess people would want it to be sunny all the time. However, would it be a situation of like, I don't know, like a Twitter poll? Okay, you guys, what weather do we want it to be today? And then people have to vote. I thought that would cause riots. Like what if people wanted it to be sunny, but then it was rainy? Because if we have the power to check, oh, that would cause actual nuclear war. It really would. Because also you have to think about like crops and stuff, not me being a farmer's child. If it starts raining, you can't harvest those crops. Oh my gosh. But if it's too sunny, then the crops will die. Anyway, no one was planning on controlling the weather. I don't know why. I was thinking about that the other day, but it, it, it genuinely just crossed my mind. And I thought I need to tell the self-interrupters about this because it's a serious concern of mine. Too much power means, you know, war. Anyway, I made a really nice curry the other day. I made a really yummy curry. I mean, it wasn't necessarily the most, you know, Michelin star curry by any means, because I used curry paste from a jar. I'm so sorry. I can make a curry from hand, but I just sometimes don't want to. I've got to be honest. Sometimes I just want, sometimes I just want a tin of coconut milk, curry paste, some vegan chicken, mushrooms, butter, beans, and a dream. That's all I need. Sometimes I don't even need the rice. I am sometimes eating the rice. I'm like, why am I eating that? I don't even really care for this. I'm just here for the sauce. The rice is just a, a plus one to me. And I'm eating the sauce and I'm like, oh, I guess I should start dipping into the rice a bit now. I don't care for the rice, you guys. So the other day, I was watching The Summer I Turned Pretty, which by the way, season two is so flop. Ugh, so flop. Anyway, I was watching The Summer I Turned Pretty with my bowl of curry soup, basically. It was beautiful. Anyways, this week I also was back on my podcast grind. Season two premiered this week, which was really exciting. I was able to send out PR letters to you guys and to some of my friends. And it was really, really fun to see everyone put them on their stories. And it was just really exciting. I don't know if it, it really felt like, it really felt special. It truly felt special and it felt like a moment. And I'm really happy that I did those PR letters. It genuinely made people happy, which made me happy as well. But there I was sending letters to bloody Belgium, to Poland, to LA, all over the world. A girl, me raising the economy. Anyway, I've also had a phone addiction <laughs> for the past like week. It's been really bad. Yesterday I was on my phone for nine hours. It's, it, you know what? Sometimes you have to speak about your problems to solve them. And I truly need to speak about this problem. I, 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 nine hours. I've never been this bad on my phone. My screen time maximum, maybe two weeks ago was five hours. That was maximum four and a half, maybe. I've doubled my screen time in a week. And you know why? It's because I have a dating app. I've now deleted the dating app. I had Bumble, you guys. Oh. 
Oh my God. Me in the trenches, because not only did I have Bumble, I deleted it, then I reinstalled it. I don't deserve rights. What was I doing? And now I'm talking to someone, I don't want to get into it, but I'm talking to a guy. And you know when you're waiting for someone to message you? My God, put down the phone. If he hasn't sent a text message, he hasn't sent a text. Why do you need to see when he's typing? Turn it off. He also hasn't messaged me today, which is just, I know that he's waiting for me to message him, but I'm not messaging him. I'm so stubborn. I happily won't speak to you again if you don't message me. That's, I do not care. I do not care as much as you do. So if you're not gonna message me, I won't message you and this is over. I really want to do an episode on dating apps and just dating stories in general. Last episode, I did do a poll of which episode I should do next. And you all voted for Barbie, which is why I'm doing the Barbie episode. But if you're on Spotify right now, you can scroll down and choose an episode topic to talk about, for me to talk about. So yeah. I'm currently drinking a raspberry and coconut fizzy drink. That's sugar-free. Oh my gosh. Straight in my glass. It's incredible. And it's also pink. Very on theme. And it's really, really yummy. I feel like very sophisticated. Anyway, that's the end of my weekly catch-up. What's been going on in your week? I hope that you've had a great week since I last spoke to you guys. Let me know. You can always DM me. You can also send in what you've been doing this week and I'd love to read it out on the podcast. I think that'd be so funny. Like if you've been on any dates. I would also love to do an episode where I answer your concerns in your life like an agony aunt episode let me know i thought that could be fun anyway let's move on to barbie my god Barbie and Ken are having the time of their lives in the colourful and seemingly perfect world of Barbie land. However, when they discover the chance to go to the real world, they soon discover the joys and pa- pa- Palils? What does that mean? Why does this happen every episode? Okay, let's listen to what this word is. Peril. Peril? What is this? The 1600s? No one uses that word anymore, Google. Barbie and Ken are having the time of their lives in the colourful and seemingly perfect world of Barbie land. However, when they get the chance to go to the real world, they soon discover the joys and perils of living among humans. Amazing. I just wanted to read out the synopsis, just in case you didn't know. Barbie is a film that came out maybe last month, July... I think it was July 21st. It's a film directed by Greta Gerwig, starring Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Now we're all caught up. Everyone knows each other. Let's get into my thoughts on Barbie. Specifically, let's start off with Barbenheimer. Oh my god. God, you guys, can the girls have anything? Oppenheimer is a biopic about some guy called Oppenheimer who invented the atomic bomb. Okay, thanks. And this man got a film because, I don't know. Let's do biopics on something interesting. Give Hannah Montana her biopic. I'm being a bit too harsh. I think it was fun. I think it was cute. It was, it was, it was, it was a good time. If anything, it made people go to the cinema again. And I appreciate that because I'm a cinema lover and I want cinemas to stay open because I have a theory that in the future, Having cinemas in your home will be the new having TVs in your home. Think about it. Stop gasping. If you think about it, we have so many streaming services where films come onto those streaming services so quickly and so fiercely. I can't imagine why it wouldn't become an idea for corporations to make theatres more accessible for people to buy, like an at-home theater. I can imagine people just having, you know, a little theater. I know some people do, but they're the like, rich, rich, rich. I'm saying just your average Joe having a theater in his house and it's just like not crazy. Anyway, Oppenheimer and Barbie, 
made Barbenheimer purely because they came out on the same day. And I remember when this first came out that Barbie was coming out on the same day as Oppenheimer, everyone on Twitter was saying, Barbie has no chance. Oh, hold on. Because who was riding Barbie's coattail release week? Oppenheimer. Yeah. Honestly, though, I haven't watched Oppenheimer. I don't plan to watch Oppenheimer. Three hours of, like, men you can keep it. And I'm, I'm sure if I watched it, I would find it vaguely interesting. Three hours, three hours. What are we doing? You guys, come on. Oppenheimer, bless your heart. You will never be Barbie. I went to see Barbie on opening night and I went to a theater called The Picture House in London. Wouldn't recommend. Sorry, Picture House, bless your heart. I'm sure you're a great person, but your theater was trash. It truly was small theater, very cramped, tiny screen, bad sound. Not only was it a small screen, there were smears on the screen. You know when, I don't know, maybe you've washed your television and there's just a bit of residue from where you've washed it. It was that on the screen. And I was thinking, okay, I've paid a fierce 18 pounds, 18 pounds for a ticket. And there is a smear on the screen. What is going on? So we arrive. I go with a couple of my friends. I did not get the memo to wear pink. I'm sorry. I apologize. I would have, but I was wearing all black. Oh my gosh. Me arriving Oppenheimer coded to Barbie. Please let me live. I turn up. My friends are wearing pink and I'm not. So automatically... I'm in the trenches. It was really lovely. I loved how everyone was wearing pink. It was actually really, really joyful. It was really beautiful. And that's what I mean also about the Oppenheimer thing and the Barbenheimer. I do think it was a really sweet little moment that brought a lot of people together because there was such contrasting films and a conversation starter for two groups of people that normally wouldn't talk. We arrive at the theater and everyone's wearing pink. It's really sweet. Everyone's gone all out, but we were lining up and we were giving our tickets in. And then, you know, we get to the snack aisle. Of course, I'm going to get snacks at the cinema, you guys. I got a large salt and wait, a large sweet and salty popcorn. It's always going to be sweet and salty because you need the balance. You truly, truly do. And they also had honeycomb in dark chocolate. This was a very like pop theater as you can tell honeycomb and dark chocolate what's going on but i enjoyed it i actually shoved shoved my gosh shoved the dark chocolate honeycomb pieces into my popcorn it was a great time and i also got a lipton iced tea in the flavor peach guess how much that was for the popcorn for the dark chocolate honeycomb and for the lipton iced tea in flavor peach 15 pounds oh my god don't make me fucking scream We walk in, I realize how small the theater is and I'm kind of gagged, but it's okay. It's fine because the screen's going to be good quality. No, it's not. It has smears on it and the audio is not that great, but it's okay. It's fine. We can deal with it. We sit down and the woman in front of me has sunglasses on her head. Go home! Why? Everyone, I just, you guys, why is this podcast so ranty? I'm so sorry. We will get less ranty in a second, but I just can't. Why are you going to, okay. You're in a cinema, you have sunglasses. It's not sunny, put them in your bag. Easy. This woman in front of me had the sunglasses on top of her head so I could see the reflection of the light at the top of her head because of the sunglasses. Annoying. Throughout the commercials, I'm looking at my friends and I'm saying, oh my gosh, I really need to take these. (laughs) 
<laughs> take them off. I had to snatch them. No, I was like, I need, I need to ask her to take them off. But that's really awkward, you know? You have to tap them on the shoulders, invading someone's privacy and personal space. And then you have to ask, hey, could you take your sunglasses off? And they may not like that. It gets to the point where the film is just about to begin and I have to do it. I have to tap this woman on the shoulder and I have to say, hey, what's going on? Um, your sunglasses are really starting to piss me off. Could you take them off your head? I didn't say that. I said, hey, my love, um, do you mind just taking your sunglasses off of your head? And she kind of turned around and went, yeah, okay. Why are we being mean? She takes them off and while she's taking them off, I just see a piece of her hair going up with the glasses and it falls back onto her head like a loop. So there's now a loop of her hair standing up on her head directly in front of me. And this loop of hair is basically in the screen. It may as well just be part of the movie because it's all I can see. And I didn't want to tap her on the shoulder going to be like, hey, do you mind fixing your hair? Because that's just a bit mean. Going in there like it's queer eye. So we're going to fix up your hair. I've also bought a rack of clothing that we can style you with. No. So I just like decided to watch the film with this loop of hair in front of the screen. We're watching the film and the film is being watched and we're enjoying it. And then I start to hear this irritating noise next to me. <coughs> Someone coughing up their lungs. I'll give you two guesses. It was a man. Of course. And it wasn't just one cough. I have sympathy for someone that has a tickly throat. It was consistently throughout the film. He coughed possibly 25 times. But by 25 times, I don't mean, uh, I mean, <coughs> escort yourself out of the cinema. Because if you don't, I will. Politely, I'll say, hey, sir, what's going on? Could you just politely dis d d depart? Go. Anyway, we continue watching Barbie and the girls are laughing. I've come accustomed to the coughing in my left ear and the strange loop of hair. The girls are laughing and, you know, it's a funny film. So we're laughing and we're having fun. You know, we're having a party. And there's a certain moment of the film where you shouldn't be laughing. This part of the film is the America Ferrera speech where she starts it off by saying, it's so hard to be a woman. Tell me why the man next to me started laughing. Literally without missing a beat, he goes, ah! She's talking about societal standards of women through body image, through the way of acting. It's so hard being a woman. Stop. And it wasn't just him. It was everyone. I feel like in that theater, they didn't have etiquette, nor had they ever heard a joke before because it was everything. Margot Robbie saying, I just, I'm just, I'm just not good enough. <laughs> Margot Robbie is on the floor giving an Oscar winning performance. And you were just laughing in the face of a woman that's in the trenches. And I think that pretty much sums up my viewing of Barbie. As a bit of a palate cleanser, before I get into my Barbie movie likes and dislikes, I wanna talk about the marketing really quick for this film, because quite frankly, it's giving history. It's giving hmm, how you say renaissance. The budget of the marketing was allegedly $150 million and they used it well. Honestly, before the Barbie movie, I can't remember what Barbie was like. Which is how you know, A, the Barbie movie is great, but also the marketing is incredible. I want to start off with the music. The soundtrack to this movie, Angel by Pink Panthers. That's the song I'm listening to on the treadmill. Dance the Night by Dua Lipa. My God. Barbie World, I Spice and Nicki Minaj. Don't make me scream. When that was announced, I fell to the ground. 
I'm there for Ice Spice. That's my sister. And Nicki Minaj, the queen and the princess on a song together that isn't Princess Diana remix. Let me move aside my ponytail. She a Barbie bitch with her Barbie click. I keep dragging her so she bold a bit. And I see the bread, I want all of it. And I want the grease, so I all of it. I throw it back so we losing it. Get the box with no shoes in it. Know the trick, so I got in brick. You know he looked me in Barbie, bitch. Yeah, round of applause. That was actually very impressive. And finally, What Was I Made For by Billie Eilish is such a beautifully written song. Billie starts off the song by singing, I used to float, now I just fall down. The parallels, the lyricism, give her the Oscar. You guys, let's be serious. And the point in the film, like the crescendo of the film, when there's that montage, what a beautiful moment. Billy and Phineas gave the rights of the chords to What Was I Made For. So throughout the film, in the scoring, are the chords of What Was I Made For. So it's kind of building up to the crescendo where What Was I Made For plays. I literally just got chills. Let's talk about Greta Gerwig really quick if we're going to talk about favorites. Just such a mastermind in directing and telling women's stories. Barbie did not miss in that overarching theme of womanhood and women's stories. I just wanted to give Greta her flowers because my gosh, wow. Love you, Greta. Love you, Greta. You're a real one. I know that if you heard self-interrupted, you would be a kittenator and a self-interrupter and you would want to know the ins and outs of the KCCU, the Kit Costello Cinematic Universe. Let's move on to collaborations. Barbie hair straighteners, Barbie toothbrush, Barbie shoes, Barbie Krispy Kreme, Barbie Burger King, Barbie Crocs, Barbie pool floats, Barbie skincare, Barbie luggage, Barbie nail polish, Barbie Airbnb, Barbie Uno cars, and Barbie Xbox. Honestly, what a demographic. Stretching from Xbox to hair straighteners, huh? I love it. I think it's so interesting also how people have kind of come out of the woodworks just wanting a Barbie collab because, fun fact, Barbie movie collabs can be distinguished by the Barbie movie logo, which is different to a Barbie collaboration. So if you see Barbie X random company, it's not the Barbie movie, it's just Barbie as a corporation. If you see Barbie the movie logo, it's the corporation and Barbie the movie. And I think it's so interesting as a marketer, as a businesswoman, how all of these companies are just like come out the woodworks with a Barbie collab. I don't really love when you're just like throwing JPEG Barbie on a nail polish. I'm like, come on, you guys, let's get a bit of creativity in the marketing team. You know, I was walking in London and there was a Barbie bus. I've never seen anything like it. Or maybe there has been something like it, but I just haven't been interested. I can imagine maybe Marvel's done something like this, but I just didn't care. I can imagine a Guardians of the Galaxy bus going past and me just not even looking. I now want to move on to my likes and my dislikes of Barbie the movie. So I'm first of all just going to say my likes. I'm going to say all of them and then I'm going to go, oh, hello. So I'm going to say all of them and then I'm going to go into detail about each one. Starting off, we have Margot Robbie. We then have the hair, the outfits, the set design, first dance sequence, America Ferrera, Billy's song in the film along with VHS montage, Will Ferrell, Alan, the overarching theme of patriarchy. Okay. We've got all my likes down. Let's go from the beginning, Margot Robbie. Perfect casting choice. Incredible actor. I always feel really weird saying, oh my God, she's an incredible actor, as if I have a scope on acting. You're a good actor, you guys. You have my stamp of approval. I'm not gonna lie, I was scared going into the Barbie movie that I wouldn't not only see her as a Barbie, I mean in the sense of the toy. Like, I didn't know what the vibe was. Are we seeing them as human or are they trying to look more Barbie-esque, more toy-like? As soon as Margot Robbie got into that fucking car, I was sold. Driving around Barbie land, oh, I was in the suspension of disbelief. Get me in that Corvette. I'm driving around Barbie land. 
moving on to the hair. Oh my god, the wigs in this film are just absolutely... It's just... Yeah, she makes me want to cry. I want one. I want that 40 inches of thick blonde hair. Give it to me now. I need it, you guys. Like, I'm gonna cry. It looked freshly brushed each take, each scene. The hairstyle is really... I wasn't looking at the hair thinking, oh my gosh, that's a crazy amount of hair. But when I thought of it, I was looking at it and I was thinking, her hair is all the way down to her waist. Her hips even. But it looks like it's hers. Oh my gosh, it's just so good. Moving on to the outfits in this film. Everything about this film visually was so spot on. The costume designer on the days in the film, for example, Perfect Day, at the beginning of the film where Barbie wakes up and she goes to the beach, they use the same fabric each day that's in the film for the Barbies. So when Barbie wakes up, she has that pink stripy dress on. And then when she goes to the beach, she has a pink stripy bathing suit on. And I just love that. I love continuity. It was just so well done. And I also love going back to the hair, that drastic changes from scene to scene of the hair. It made me immerse in the film so much more. And that's what hairstylists and costume designers do. They're doing God's work. They truly are. They truly are. Let's talk about set design. The set design in this film, phenomenal. The idea of making everything look like it was plastic and fake was so genius. Also, when Barbie is like brushing her hair, she has a massive hairbrush because that's what the scale is when you have a Barbie doll. The hairbrush is massive. Love it. The pink sand, the water that wasn't real, the Barbie dream houses. You guys, let's be serious. Uh, My God. So colorful, but not too jarring. Moving on to the first dance sequence. Oh my gosh, don't make me bloody scream. Cinema. This was, I don't know how else to put it. Greta Gerwig, when is the musical coming? And the way that Margot was throwing her body around and there was also a bit of comedy in there with the Kens and I wasn't looking at the Kens. They were trying to pull this storyline that Ken was jealous of. So I was like, girl, shut up. I'm looking at Margot Robbie. Can I have a second of screen time for the girls and not make it about bloody Ryan Gosling? I'll get to that in a second. Blessed be to Ryan. But I just wanted to look at Margot dance. Is that too much for a girl to ask for? Moving on, America Ferreira. In parentheses, the speech. In parentheses, Ugly Betty. First of all, starting off with Ugly Betty, had no clue. Never put the two together. I gagged. I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh my gosh, why is everyone saying Ugly Betty around America Ferreira? That's kind of rude. She's the actor that plays Ugly Betty. I screamed. And that speech, which let's go back to it. People in my cinema laughing. Why are you laughing at that speech, you guys? It's so hard to be a woman. The speech was beautiful and very empowering and very on the nose. I'm so glad that little girls and honestly just kids will watch this film and watch that speech. Women need to know from a young age the idea that society is pushing onto them and they can have an awareness that there's this idea that women have to be pretty but not pretty enough that you attract the wrong type of man but not pretty enough that you're also threatening other women. And it was just beautiful. Moving along to Billie Eilish's song at the end of the film, I cried. I cried. When Barbie and the maker of Barbie were standing in that white space, which I guess resembled heaven, or me giving a little bit of film student lore, I was a film student. Did I drop it for A-level? I sure did. But if I was to analyze this scene, I would place the maker of Barbie as Barbie's god and Barbie as the maker's design. And they're standing in this heaven-like place where God is having a word with their invention. Oh, deepening 
this theory, God, aka the maker of Barbie, is then making Barbie a human. Anyway, that song, beautiful. I cried so much when she says, take my hand, now feel. And then it's the VHSs of all of the production and the crew members' old VHS tapes of these women. This montage of femininity. It was just so beautiful and so empowering and emotional. And I was crying and it it wasn't sad. It was happy. And it was just, oh my gosh, I'd just be standing still and I'd think about, take my hand, now feel. And all of those little montage moments, it was just beautiful. For me, personally, it made the film. It almost put that little Greta Gerwig stamp on it, for me. Moving on to Will Ferrell, love. Love, so funny. There was some comedy in this film that I did not laugh at and I did not find funny. I don't find you smart, I don't find you funny, but Will Ferrell in this film made me giggle. He did, I let out a laugh or two. Will Ferrell to me gives that comedy that feels like he's coming up with it on the spot, which I think is really, really hard to do for an actor. And also for me to take that in thinking, did he just come up with that? Did he improvise that? And there are a couple of moments where he was in Barbie land at the end and he walks past Midge and he goes, Christ, I thought we discontinued you. Like that made me giggle. And when he was running after Barbie, like this kind of slapstick essence made me laugh in the Mattel headquarters. Also the awareness of Mattel. Mattel putting their stamp on this film. I just find it so interesting. And also the distinction between like Barbie land and real land. The idea that whatever exists in Barbie land is a toy in real land or real world, whatever. I think it's so interesting because now when you look at a Barbie, you're thinking, oh, what are they doing in Barbie land? If I was a child, it would give me that Toy Story effect. I don't know. I think it's really sweet. Something I also loved was Alan. Alan, hearts up for Alan, you guys. Let's do it. We love you, Alan. I was an Alan. I really was. I was presenting as a boy that didn't fit in with men, that wasn't happy when men objectified women, when men made fun out of women. I was there supporting my girls because my girls were supporting me and they were at most of the time the only people supporting me and it's kind of true to this day the girls are the people supporting me the next point is the overarching theme of patriarchy what i found so interesting and what i think was so genius about the depiction of patriarchy was in barbie land everything was run by women women were really dominating men you know the kens were in their place and you know you're watching it and you're thinking oh my gosh like wouldn't this be fabulous first of all but second of all this is all fiction and fairy tales and then you know barbie's driving to the real world passing mount rushmore which is all barbies i think it was just so genius because once you get into the real world you see the mount rushmore of men it was such a perfect way to depict patriarchy without having to spell it out for everyone it was just saying this is barbie land everyone in charge in barbie land is a barbie And this is the real world. Most people in charge in real world are men. And this is the real world. This isn't fiction and fairy tales. Let's move on to my dislikes. Again, I'm gonna go through all of the dislikes and then I'm gonna talk about them individually. Starting off with Ken, then moving on to the way they traveled. Then moving on to the lack of explanation about how the real world knows about Barbie land. Then a bit more niche. How do Barbies know about Photoshop? I just need to know the law behind that. I'm just Ken, the song number. And finally, breaking the fourth wall. Let's start off with Ken. I want you to know that I said Ken and not Ryan Gosling. Bless Ryan Gosling. I've got to be honest. This is a bit of a hot take because so many people love Ryan Gosling in this film. I wasn't very keen 
I've got to be honest. It wasn't my, it wasn't my, it, it, I, I, I don't know who else could play Ken. I'm not going to do fan casting right now. That's not my job. I'm not even necessarily sure if it was Ryan Gosling. But I just don't think that Ken was funny. Oh, this is a bit of a hot take, you guys. And I don't know if it was because it was a bit of a feminist film. And throughout the whole thing, I was thinking, fuck men. But also just the jokes that Ken was saying was just a bit low-hanging fruit. Like, why are you putting two pairs of sunglasses on? I'm not laughing. And I know I sound like such a loser. And I've really wanted to enjoy Ken's laugh. It might have also been, you know what it probably was? Everyone in the theater laughing over nothing. It literally felt like these people hadn't heard a joke before. Ken put on those second pair of sunglasses and everyone was in hysterics. Like it was someone at Madison Square Garden doing their like final comedy performance. It was not that funny. But then again, I don't want to be a hater because I know that some people really enjoyed Ryan Gosling's performance as Ken, and rightfully so. However, I I didn't laugh that much. A couple of giggles were had, let's be clear, but I wasn't, I, I just, I don't know. I just didn't find it funny. Moving on to the way that they traveled. Visually, I loved this. I loved it even more, seeing the behind the scenes, that it was all practical. None of it was special effects. Loved that. I don't think it was very fleshed out, the way that they traveled and the way, the next point that I was gonna say, how the real world knows about Barbie land. In these kind of films, you just need to go along with it rather than question, which is what I had to start doing. Otherwise, I wouldn't have enjoyed it. But I just didn't quite understand it because if people know about Barbie land, bitch, I'd want the first class ticket. Who knows about Barbie land though? Is it just the CEOs at Mattel? But the CEO of Mattel said that news got out that Midge escaped Barbie land once. But surely if everyone knew about Barbie land, everyone would be trying to get into Barbie land. So I don't really know. I wish that was slightly more fleshed out. But then again, how does one travel from a fictional land to a real land? And then not only that, but then get back to the fictional land. I think it was probably done the best it could be. And they did it in a camp way, which I can appreciate. Moving on to pulling me out of the suspension of disbelief. Barbie's knowing about Photoshop. But in the like one of the final scenes about Barbie's regaining their power from the Kens, the flop Kens, the Flens talk about it flop kens flens mm -hmm. one of the barbies says oh my gosh how do i use the select tool on photoshop which i know is meant to be like funny and i did laugh i did giggle i was giggling at all those little points you know i don't understand what the godfather is i was cackling i was a film student i cannot count the amount of men that were like my favorite film is godfather or my favorite film is pulp fiction don't get me started but when she bought a Photoshop, I was like, why is there Photoshop in Barbie land? Can Barbies even use the computers in Barbie land? Because they're just stickers on the computers. It's just a sticker. I am going deeply into this, but I'm also going deeply into this because I know Greta Gerwig and I know she would have thought about this too. So Gret, what's up? What's going on? Moving on to I'm just Ken. Could care less for this. I do not care. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I know. I know. I do feel really bad because it was fun. It was a fun little moment, and it but it lasted too long. I mean, I guess it was a little bit fun. Ryan Gosling having a Hot 100 entry for I'm Just Ken. I love that for him. He deserved it. I actually made a TikTok saying that I'm Just Ken for men is what Tolerator is to women. And I don't think I need to explain it any further. But I'm Just Ken, I don't know. It was just, it was fun. It was camp. It was, it was for the time. I appreciate the choreography. I appreciate the set design. But for me, if it was all Barbies, however, let's recall back to Dance the Night, Dua Lipa, where they had the opening number. I was screaming. I was collapsing. 
But when it was all men, I was like, God, give it a break. It's tired. Anyway, moving on to breaking the fourth wall. This is a controversial one. Okay, so there's a part in the film where Margot Robbie, playing Barbie, says, I'm just not pretty enough. And then Helen Mirren, who's the narrator of the film, says, note to the director. If you want this to be believable to the audience, hire someone that isn't Margot Robbie. You know, I did giggle. I had a laugh. I laughed out loud, even. I was going, ah! I was laughing along with the crowd in my laughable theater. However, comma, it did kind of slightly piss me off because I was like, you guys, I'm watching a film. Let me live in the suspension of disbelief. Why are you trying to pull me out of that? I know that it's Margot Robbie, but I've just come to a point where I've believed that this is Barbie. And now I'm thinking, oh Christ, it's Margot Robbie again. For me personally, I could have done without that. But also I think it was a highlight of the film. But it did pull me out of the suspension of disbelief, so it is on the dislikes list. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But also, to compensate, Helen Mirren, you're going on the likes list because you were the perfect narrator. Note to the director. Love that voice. Note to the director. Welcome to Barbie Land. Love her. Good for her. I'm now going to move on to the controversies surrounding the film Barbie. Starting off with the feminist agenda of Barbie. I'm so fucking tired. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of a certain type of man. I'm going to be saying men. I'm so tired of men. But just know, first of all, if you're a man listening to this podcast, you're not the man I'm talking about. You're listening to Self-Interrupted. The kind of man that's like, this is pushing a feminist agenda on young girls. Thank God. You think people are going to be like, oh my God, no, you're so right. Pull it from the cinemas immediately. Of course, Barbie's going to be a feminist film. Feminism has been around for so long and you bitches still aren't getting the memo on what feminism is. Feminism isn't about women being better than men. It's about women being treated equally to men. Let's call back to Barbie Land versus the real world, where Barbies ran Barbie Land and it was unfair. Now let's go over to the real world. This is the real world, mama. It's not fiction and fairy tales. That is the real world where mostly men are in charge dictating what women do. Stripping rights away from women as we speak and you're mad about a fucking film and there's so many people on these panelist shows being like i can already tell what this film's going to be about the barbies are the best and the kens are the flops yeah it is i wish it was more like that but greta gerwig being the icon she is knew that you snowflake of men would have this reaction so she made it a well-rounded story about feminism and about how women don't actually want an unfair amount of power they just want an equal amount of power which is why at the end of the film barbie expresses to ken that he can be ken he doesn't have to just be and ken while i'm ranting let's talk about trans women in barbie the movie as far as i know i may be mistaken but there is one trans woman Harry Neff, playing a Barbie. It's not mentioned in the film. She's just one of the girls. But even if it was, it wouldn't be straying too far from the truth because guess what, bitch? There is a trans Barbie. Barbie tribute collection, Laverne Cox doll. Laverne Cox, trans icon, turned into a Barbie, which you can buy on shelves. So if there was a trans Barbie, it wouldn't be straying from the subject material because there are trans Barbies, you clown. But people saying, this is a women's film. Can we not have one thing? No, you fucking can't. Because let me tell you, let me tell you right now, if your idea of having one thing is having white, straight women in a film and that's it, you can't have your thing. Because as a society, there are people that do identify as trans. There are women that are of other races, of other sexualities. 
That is what society is. And once that's reflected into film and you're mad at that, and this has made headline news. I want you guys to understand. Also the go woke, go broke parade are looking real quiet now that Barbie's crossed a billion. That tactic's looking real flop. I put something on my Instagram the other day saying that I was gonna do an episode about Barbie and I just wanted to hear like everyone's thoughts, see what people thought of it. And an overwhelming majority of people just said that they felt seen and that they cried and they went to see it with their mom. My friend Hanifa said that it brought the world together for a moment. I just really agree with that. You know, when I was in the cinema with my friends, it felt like this place of acceptance and it felt like really welcoming, really light and fun. And for Barbie to do that and have that impact is something that will go down in history. That's all I have time for today, you guys. I've been talking for so long. I really believe that Barbie deserved a long episode. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Self Interrupted. But before you go, I do have a recommendation, which is another song. The song is Too Long by one of my friends, Sue, I think. It's a banger. The song is very melodramatic to me, which I love. I love a dramatic song. And I thought, you know what? Recommendation. I want to recommend one of the girls. So, Sue, I think you've been recommended. And also I'm in the video. I'm in the video for too long. Other than that, I really hope that you've enjoyed this episode of Self Interrupted. If you have, please make sure to rate it on any podcast streaming service you are listening to it on. Make sure you also vote for next week's episode if you are listening to this episode on Spotify. You can follow me on Instagram to see all my modeling photos at kit.costello. You can follow me on TikTok at kit.costello. You can peruse my website, kitcostello.com. But other than that, I'm sending you so much love as always. Always kit.